Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. It's our mission to help equip worship leaders and teams as we faithfully serve the local church. My name is Clint Finish, and along with Tim Price, we are excited that you are joining us today. Hey, Clint, it's good to get back together again for the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. And for this one, uh, we'll change the flow again so nobody gets bored. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, doing pretty good. Uh, just got back from vacation a few weeks ago. Uh, had a nice rest and ready to jump back into uh, ministry life. Me too. Yeah. So where'd you go? What'd you do on vacation? Well, uh, we were gone for two weeks, actually. We went to a holiness camp, which was definitely spiritual uh, spiritually re- refilling, nurturing, whatever the word I want to think about right there is. Um, it was definitely something that I needed. And the second week we went um, camping actually and just kind of unplugged from the world. And um, it's amazing um, the fact of like I was at a place where I didn't really, I didn't have internet and phone service was spotty. So I just kind of threw my phone in a drawer and it was just there for five days and it was magical. Any big takeaways from not being around your phone for five days? Get rid of it. Not really. <laughs> but um, the biggest takeaway but about was, not... Well, you were with your family, so you had plenty of stuff going on. Yeah, I was with my family. I wasn't yeah. just like, you know, in a cabin by myself or anything like that. But um, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is that, man, oh, man, how crazy it is it that we become so dependent on these little devices, you know? Yep. Yeah. I found myself, like, when I got back home, I was sitting there, got the kids to bed, and my wife and I were sitting in the living room, and uh, I just, like, picked up my phone and just, like, opened up whatever and was, like, flipping through it, and, you know, I was talking to Tina, and Tina's like, are you looking something up? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, we were talking. And I was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm looking at my phone right now. <laughs> so, yeah. That I think definitely I'm, happens. Yeah, so uh, being able to unplug and pull away from your phone is... we. We, uh, yeah, I need to do like a phone fast again. Just taking off a few apps has helped a lot, but yeah, just sometimes I take off Facebook app and I got to put it back on to do a live event and then take it back off for the next yeah. week and back and forth. But it's so easy to download, yeah, but not easy enough to warrant checking Facebook for a brief moment. Yeah, well, we just got back from vacation too. And where'd you go? Nowhere, <laughs> we just sat at home. Nice. Yeah, the word staycation, I'm, I don't really know if I like it or not. I'm not sure if I'm good at it, yeah. but I tried to not do stuff. But we did take a few like trips and just go here and there. Yeah, Found a lot of adventurous things. I actually made a list of them I'm going to send out in our Harvest newsletter. Oh, nice. Just all the places we found. And uh, I'll put it in the show notes here too just for giggles. Yeah. But you'd have to almost be in this area to think it's neat. But like we went to the first state capital of Illinois. It's oh, the uh, state capital for two years. Kaskaskia. It's down by... Chester. Oh, wow. But the island, the river, it basically changed during a flood. So the island was basically flooded out. It's not there anymore. But they still have a bell on the side of, you know, on the Missouri side, but it's still the state of Illinois. Yeah. And the bell is called the oldest, it's the Liberty Bell of the West. Oh, wow. And it's older than the Liberty Bell. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's weird. It's sitting in a little chapel. Man. Sitting down there. That's crazy to think how many little, like, like hidden gems within an hour or so of your, where you live. Like that. that and we found the oldest Methodist church west of the Mississippi. Oh, wow. 1819. Went and looked at that. It's, it sounded called Old McKendry Chapel. Oh, I saw that. Did you guys sing there? Yeah, we, like just, just we went in there and sang a song. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty neat. Awesome. And then we went to Elephant Rock and a bunch of other little places like that. Oh, was, yeah. Elephant it Rock's It was interesting. Cool. 
But for today, we're going to talk about um, this idea of making worship interesting, mm. which we have a random list from the blog post for the day that we're recording this, and we may just talk a little bit about each of these. Yeah. But also just the idea that we've really got to work to make some things interesting because we are in still in the midst of five months, six months into half people not being at church and oh, only a handful coming and a new mandate, at least in our area that you can't have more than 25 all of a sudden when we had a big plan to open back up and one weird thing after the next and everybody's dealing with it. Yeah. And I heard somebody say that you no longer in ministry talk about digital or physical. You talk about fidgetal. Fidgetal. <laughs> so it's oh, like both of them together and just how important it is to connect with people that are here mm-hmm. and make it solid and good presentation. I mean, we're sitting in our sanctuary space right now doing this podcast, but mm-hmm. then the idea that at the same time, simultaneously making it great, good blend, good mix, good everything for all the Facebook land and YouTube land. Yeah. And that is like a, just hard to do. And you know, you got to change everything. It's, it's a crazy balancing act. For sure. <clears throat> like yeah. I was thinking the other day, I don't know if we should say good morning anymore because half the people don't view it on Sunday morning. Yeah. Like maybe we should just say, hey, welcome everybody who's watching because. Well, y- yeah. But the thing is, is that like, even if we have an evening event at church, I still say good morning. <laughs> <laughs> just say good morning all the time. And plus if somebody's watching it later, maybe they just yeah. woke up. So you can still say good morning even if it is 5 p.m. That's right. It's morning somewhere in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm still adjusting this. I hope this is good, but welcome everybody who's a normal Worship Leader Toolbox listening crowd. And for those who are new, we want to welcome you in too and invite you to participate in our Worship Leader Toolbox community on Facebook. And just, um, it's been going a while, but recently we changed the name just to match this. And so if you have any encouragement or videos or questions or thoughts, just put those on there. That'd be great. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So this idea of um, making worship interesting, here's just nine random tips. And to start with, the one we worship is never uninteresting. But from a practical standpoint, it's easy for worship leaders and teams and the structure itself to get into a rut. So it really does happen to like the best, best of everybody. So because God's creative and because we have an opportunity to, you know, grow in that, we want to... Be, and do all we can to dive into this deep well and allow that creativity and and, and interestingness and fun mm-hmm. to show up in worship. A groove in music, obviously, is when it's really feeling right and good and everybody's with you. Yeah. And a rut is when everybody's like, uh, we've done that before. Mm-hmm. Here are the nine little tips to just bring about more fantastic stuff in worship. Are you ready, Clint? I am ready. Okay. So here's the first one, desire for it to be better. Mm. And here's the big question. Is is there some sense where sometimes worship leaders feel like it's wrong to have an ambition for bigger and better worship, more creative? I mean, that's like a, sometimes do we feel like we shouldn't have that kind of ambition? Well, I, I disagree with that statement. (laughs) Am I I allowed to say that? I think that like, um, you know, we should want to bring our best to the Lord. Um, And now it it could become an idol 
you know, um, trying to strive for the best. Um, and we also need to think in the context of our church, what is the best? Um, because, yeah. um, you know, if you look at the story where Jesus is sitting at the temple watching people give their don't their tithes to the to the church um he sees all these people bringing a vast amount of of money that they have and this little widow comes and puts um like two little coins in um you know he pulls his disciples together and he says that you know basically something along the lines of like that she has given more than them because she has given everything you know so um just because you're get like what you're giving might not be as fancy as some kind of like mega church with, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars of stage production. But if you're bringing it at all to the Lord, isn't that what matters most? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I was asking. Was, oh, okay. I mean, can the, can the, um, you answered it well. I just was, I was just saying sometimes it's, it may be hard for people to, to, think about having a dream and an ambition for yeah. things to grow because sometimes in ministry we feel like we we need just to you know plot along i mean it's yeah. like there's a, a different the word ambition is kind of a mm-hmm. whole other podcast probably but yeah but what you just described i mean that's true like you give your best and you yeah. give it to the lord and you and you just have a desire just to keep improving that so mm-hmm. that you can do ministry yeah so um a couple of tips and, and you can see this in the blog post, but the idea of taking on a posture of a learner mm. to listen more and ask more and then listen and then just like loving Sundays mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just that little change of on Saturday night saying, can't wait to, you know, like, <laughs> get up and get this thing going. Yeah. And I, I think it'd be awful if you felt like worship leading was your, well, it is your work, but it'd be awful if it was like a, a doldrum to have to get up and go to work yeah on sundays yeah and so what are some thoughts about that or taking a posture of a learner how do worship leaders become learners of make it better yeah um well as you know i forget who who said this you said it but you were quoting someone else many moons ago but you said to me uh um leaders are readers Right. And I don't know who said that um, or probably I think everybody said it. Well, everyone said it. But like, you know, where's the origin <laughs> of know that? You know, um, but yeah, I mean, and um, that's basically a different way of saying a posture of a learner. You know, if you, um, you know, kind of close yourself off to like what you know um, and, and don't really want to like expand on different forms of worship, uh, how to even like focus yourself in what your worship is or just anything really. I mean, just like, um, being kind of closed minded, that's a weird term to say right now. Um, but like, um, you really need to like be able to, you know, expand your horizons. So I think that it's really important for you, for people to, to be reading, um, you know, like, you know, uh, things is like management or team management. My mind is gone right now, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just like reading books about um, about leadership and, you know, managing people, but also um, how you can also help disciple those people, because uh, that's really what your job is, to help disciple your team to lead the, the lead worship. So, yeah. yeah, definitely need to be someone who's willing to learn and grow. Yeah, that's good. And that, um, that also breaks down the barrier sometimes of uh, comparing to other churches. Yeah. Like if you go to a church with the idea that you're going to learn from them, Mm-hmm. then you can learn from any size church. Mm-hmm. And if the church is, you know, larger or 
the big church in the area and you feel like, uh, we're going to learn. And it's just, it's a different, it's a different posture. Like yeah. going to learn or watching their stuff or yeah. attending this conference or whatever is going to help do that. Yeah. And the weird thing about that is, is, you know, um, you know, think about your church and where you're at. You know, the people who are in your congregation that God's given you stewardship over to lead and nurture, um, you know, they're at your church for a reason. So, you know, if you decide to go down the road and look at church XYZ and take what they do and bring it here, well, now you're kind of missing on why these people are even at your church. You know, they connect with what you're doing in worship yeah. or small groups or whatever it is. So all of a sudden, you know, now you're like losing everybody. Yeah. So that is good. All right. So one tip just to kick it off is mm-hmm. to desire for it to be better. And mm-hmm. every worship leader can have, that's like free, like just to increase your desire to make things better. Yeah. All right. So we may not hit all these because, um, any one of these could probably be a whole thing, but let's try this one. That's try one new thing this week. Ooh. So what about a new instrument or a, a new order or a new flow or a new arrangement for a song or a new song altogether? So this mm-hmm. week we're doing a new song in worship that mm-hmm. we haven't done before. It's pretty common on the radio, but we're going to give it a try. And so we we actually downloaded the track even though. Oh, Nice. I don't know if we need a track for that song, but we download it anyway. Yeah. And um, so that's this may be pretty cut and dry. Try one new thing this week, but man, if you if you have that as a mantra and you do it every week, one mm-hmm. little tweak that really adds up after fifty two Sundays. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, you said something here. Um, what about new instrument? You know, as like worship leaders at your church, uh, large or small, you know, knowing a little bit on each each instrument will help you to be able to um, bring up and nurture new uh, musicians. Because just bass, for example, you know, I'm primarily a guitar player, but I picked up the bass just because, you know, I thought it was kind of neat, something to do. But since I know enough to be dangerous on the bass, you know, whenever we're learning a new song, you know, if I just take a few minutes to kind of learn that part, I can then show it to any bassist that comes on the stage and is Mm -hmm. like, Oh, how does this part really go? It's like, oh, well, this is this is more what it is. Yeah. So if that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, new instrument. Mm-hmm. And I was also thinking when you started talking about that, even a new instrument like somebody can play a cello, and it may not even be from your church, but it might be a guest, mm-hmm. or somebody, a friend, or whatever. And that actually though leads us to the next one, which is invite new people to participate. Mm-hmm. So one thing is just invite new people, um, new people that join your ministry. That automatically adds a new level of something different. Yeah. But, you know, you might be in a church where you've either already got everybody you need right now or you have tried and you can't find anybody in your church that wants to join. Mm-hmm. And so there's other ways to accomplish this, and that is by doing just that, bringing in a guest or just, you know, a friend that plays piano and wrote a song or, you know, yeah. something that a new instrument or couple weeks back during our outdoor church service that we have for this specific season we had harmonica going for all oh yeah it sounded neat that sounded great and and so it's just it kind of like quickens people again it's not the exact same instrumentation all the time yeah so with this one here um you know it's kind of interesting it's it says invite new people to participate but um you know 
if you're in a season where you're not finding people, the story you told you tell of church here, like I don't know, however long ago it was, like you needed a drummer, but there was no drummer, but you had a drum set up there on the stage, and then like after a few weeks, like you had like two people who come up and like, hey, uh, do you guys need a drummer? I play drums, yeah. and it's just like you know, it's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, a framework for it. Like yeah, a spot for them. That's right. Yeah. So that's cool, and and um. Yeah, that really does in pull people in. Mm-hmm. And we've been a guest musician in a zillion churches. Oh, yeah. As Harvest. As Harvest, yeah. And it is always interesting because it just, I mean, well, I remember singing at a church earlier this year and afterwards the pastor came up and said, yeah, so one of the chair people from one of our committees came up and said, oh, that was awesome. We need that all the time. And then the preacher's like, well, I, I would do it all the time if I could hire Tim Price. <laughs> this is like encouraging to me, obviously, but yeah. partly it's because of that guest kind of feel. Like yeah. it's new and different and fresh. And yeah. They don't usually do it that way. And just it, yeah. And then as a guest on that end of it, you don't have to worry about tradition or anything. You just do your own thing. Yeah. You don't care. You're just showing up and it's it's yeah. not it's not trying to like change their maybe rut, right? Yeah. You know, uh, it's just you coming in as a special musician. That's good. Yeah, and so if uh, anybody out there is listening and you're in the neighborhood, invite us to come on over and <laughs> be a part of it, whatever's yeah. going on, even though it's hard to have things going on right yeah. now. But One uh, thing about this one, about this specific one, inviting new people to participate, I would love to sit down and like, this is totally like side conversation during a podcast, but we should totally like come up with onboarding strategy mm-hmm. and like what that looks like. So Yeah. See, guys, even when you're doing a podcast, ministry work still goes on. <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, building community in your group mm. is another way just to freshen up worship services. And that's because of this quote that nobody's ever said, the group that plays together plays well together. <laughs> I like the next sentence right here. Yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> But it is, I mean, I remember a long time ago reading a book called uh, Emotional Intelligence. And yeah. one of the premise of that whole book is, is that if you have an hour to do a task, you can take a group and jump right into the task and it might take an hour. You might not even get done. But if you take a group and take 10 minutes to pull yourselves together, mm-hmm. connection, then start the task, you're more likely to get done because you're like, you have some sort of stake in it with the people you're serving with. Yeah. And so just connections automatically going to make it fresher and neater and yeah. give people more confidence and more you know, stage presence and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So well, I think, it, I mean, anyone who's played in, so let me start over. Church is like a different situation because, um, you know, you sometimes have moving puzzle pieces in the band. So it's not always the same thing every single week. Uh, but for churches, you know, where I was at before I was here, um, the band was the same members for I want to say five years, right? So we had a strong community because we were always together. And um, you could tell in like how we played and how we kind of fed off of each other. And it was just natural. It was like we were like one functioning body, you know, but like churches who have interlocking pieces, it's important to build that community um, with everyone because it's, I think it's critically important to like, okay, I know Clint well enough that he always does this certain thing if he's going to go back into the chorus, even though we don't know it's coming. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. You know, you kind of learn people's tics. Yep. So, and you don't know that unless you know the person. 
So, yeah, just the other day we had um, a guy in our worship team had to move mm-hmm. all the way to the West Coast, and so we took, even in the midst of all the COVID stuff, we planned a um, a little picnic outdoors after church, mm-hmm. and so everybody came, sat in a big circle, sat around, and. Yeah, it's just something that simple. Everybody bring their own lunch, which is kind of sad. Yeah, and then we passed out ice cream afterwards. But oh, nice! That was that was really like a fun little community building thing. Even though we were sad to see him go. Yeah, but we have talked about on the podcast, Clint. You've mentioned this at the beginning of some of these podcasts about giving away some of the resources at times. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the resources that we could give to you if you're listening today. All you have to do is send us an email, Clint or I, and. Tell us that you rated the podcast and that you would like a free uh, resource of the culture building conversation cards. Mm-hmm. And so a disclaimer, I guess, transparency, we haven't actually been using these lately, but we did use them for a big season. Like yeah, we long time. There's, we, you hit print, you print off the little sheets. There's nine on a sheet. They're like the size of playing cards and uh, you know, trading cards. And, um, and we just cut them out, hand it by one. Mm-hmm. And they're just little tiny things that have a question and a scripture and a thought. Mm-hmm. just kind of lead your group you know before worship even 15 minutes before worship just to have a, a culture building conversation mm-hmm. and that might help build community so if you would like that all you have to do is just send us a note and tell us you rated the podcast and we'll email it to you or you can also buy it if you don't want to rate the podcast <laughs> you can just get on the, the shop and purchase it yeah but come on just give it a five star and get that thing for free yeah that'd be good <laughs> So what about these last two? One is to invest in coaching and training. Mm. How hard is that? Is it is it a barrier for people to try to do that? Have you ever had like a official coaching or training time in worship or has it been organic or um so I won't go into the story of it all, but my experience in um in worship ministry and becoming a leader was was thrusted upon me and was very trial by fire. You know, and I was like in that situation for a handful of years. I learned a lot. I also made a lot of mistakes, you know. Um, and I, you know, hindsight twenty twenty, I would have really um, benefited from coaching or training in that. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't now, but in that season where I was like fresh worship leader, you know, um, I would have benefited, and so would have the church, uh, the church uh, from coaching or training, uh, from a mentor, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that. I was kind of just doing it. I was reading different magazines like the, you know, worship leader magazine when that was out and stuff like that. You know, I would just try to like find bits of information. I wasn't in the podcast then. I don't even, even, I don't even know if it was a thing then. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know, just trying to do what I could. And I made a lot of, you know, interesting choices, a lot of mistakes that probably wouldn't have, if it wasn't for the, if I had someone training. So that is true. Like the, it behooves the church to figure out a way to get their people into coaching and training. Oh yeah. Experts it's, or ongoing either Yeah. One. I mean that, so if you look at that season that I was there, I was there probably for about five years uh, where, you know, I was kind of like, I wouldn't say stumbling my way through, but I made a lot of mistakes and had the church that first year that I was, that I had taken over had invested you know, in mentorship or a few conferences, I, I, I could have seen the growth of it happen quicker. Um, and over the long term of the church, uh, really 
you know, could have set it for a completely different trajectory, honestly. It reminds me of the cartoon where the one guy's looking to the president of the company. He's like, what if we expend money on him training him and he leaves? And the president of the company said, what if we don't train him and he stays? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. (laughs) um, But we went to the worship leader conference a couple years back in January. Yeah. What's that one? Worship leader. Was that worship together? together. Worship together. Yeah. That was, that was great. There was a lot of, there was a lot of things that I wrote down and have implemented in the youth band um, that I oversee here. So, yeah. And they also sucked me into molded in-ears, which is kind of, yeah. I don't know if it's hurt or helped, but. I, I fell into the same realm. I went with a different company, um, but yeah, it's because of that event and hearing the spiel yeah. uh, from that company. It's like, man, I do need these. So invest in coaching or training, and yes. you can do that in simple ways, like listening to worship leader podcasts, and mm-hmm. they're a dime a dozen in some ways, but there's some yeah. good ones, and maybe we should list some of our favorites on. Um, yeah, well, my favorite one is the worship leader toolbox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can check that one out. <laughs> That's good. We'll list some others, though, just in case. Yeah. But, um, and then the other thing is, is that they can be as simple as that, free, down to one time I did a nine-month uh you know, a couple hundred dollar a month investment in ongoing monthly training with a small group and a worship leader leading it. And so that's pretty neat too. Um, Anyway, investing in training or coaching really helps you get a sense of the overall ministry. And you're not just like working on it every single Sunday, but you're every single weekend, but you're actually working, you know, you're not just working in it, I should say, but you have this opportunity to see the whole big picture and work, work Mm -hmm. on it. So it gives you a different perspective. All right, well, here's the last one, just Mm -hmm. to help engage in um, changing things from just being there to more fantastic, and that is to share your dream. Mm. And again, maybe this goes with the first one of desiring it to be better, but talking about your vision with the worship team and then building the systems to enlist others to help you actually do it. And so sharing your dreams for worship ministry. Where's the best place to even do that? Is it just hanging around with your worship band ongoing basis or is it like writing it out or meetings or what? Well, um, I, I think that above anything else, if, if the worship band doesn't have a vision, that's, well, one, if the worship band doesn't have a vision, you're kind of like, you know, you need to start with that, have a vision, but also have a vision that aligns with the church's vision. It's hard to be on a different page from the senior pastor and lead the congregation before he preaches, and you're like going in two different two different directions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, I think the first thing you need is have vision for that. Do you think a vision is the same for every worship band, or the mission's the same and the vision based on your on your context or your? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. That's. A, I think it's probably different. You know, because. You know, if you look where we're at now as a church, if we were to um, sit down and like write out our vision for the next, let's just say, like a five, ten year vision, you know, that would be significantly different than when I came on board here five years ago, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, vision, um, as you go and like kind of like achieve those goals of the vision, you need to revisit and revision 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, revision. Is that what I'm looking for? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like uh, have revisioning sessions where, you know, what what are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish here? Um, how are we leading people? How, how is what we're doing properly properly leading people into the presence of God and worshiping him? Yeah. So, um, and there's so much that's involved in that, that I think each church is just radically different. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Well, we're going to wind this down because we're at 29 minutes exactly. Oh, wow. And um, thanks for joining me today. And um, I think the one thing that stuck with me as far as our typed out thing here is that uh, we never want worship to be uninteresting because Mm -hmm. we're worshiping a God of the universe. And so it's terrible just to think we're just going to come and play the songs we played two weeks ago or slide over the songs from last month and do that again or mm-hmm. just to go half-hearted just seems uh, a waste so yeah there's one book i read a long time ago it might be helpful for some people and it was called engage and it's a guide to creating life transforming worship services by jason hatley and nelson searcy and those guys do a lot of coaching stuff too oh, so cool. I've, that's who i did that with long time or several years back Thanks again for joining on the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. And we were serious about the little culture communication cards. If you would like one uh, that resource, we'd be happy to email it to you. You can just send us a note. And um, where they find us? Sometimes we do this, sometimes we don't. But where do people find you, Clint, on social media? Me, world? myself, and I? Yeah. You can find me, um, man, I, oof, I'm not really on social media for the public. Um, but you can find me at clint benish on twitter and instagram i'm a ghost on there in facebook i have my my account set to private so unless you're a friend you're probably not going to find me so that probably wasn't too helpful (laughs) that might have been inspiring for some people they might want to go dark in their lives in that way yeah well what we'll do clint is we're going to set up a a page for you on worship leader toolbox podcast okay it'll be called worship leader toolbox podcast dot com slash clint oh. <laughs> we'll put everything that everybody needs to know there i should do mine like that too make That's it a lot deep. easier because i have identity crisis i have like 15 different social medias and yeah nobody can find any of it but yeah anyway connect with us on email through the website worshipleadertoolbox.com and until next time we're so thankful to have you along and blessings on your ministry and leading and serving in your church so thanks again clint